Get your fill of chips and salsa as we join Dave to discuss what surrounds the tabernacle in the appetizer episode of the new series, Surrounded by Holiness. We're going to turn in our Bible to Numbers, and I'm going to read to you out of Numbers chapter 1. Verse 52, the people of Israel shall pitch their tents by their companies, each man in his own camp and each man by his own standard. And so if you were to look into the book of Numbers and and continue reading, God's gonna lay it out. He's gonna tell Moses, okay, we built the tabernacle, but now when the tabernacle is in your midst, this is how it has to be. We've gotta have the camps all stationed around the tabernacle. The tabernacle goes right in the center of the camp. So we have them all camped around the tabernacle by their tribes. And each tribe has its own banner. And I I was just, as I was studying this, I was just overwhelmed as I'm learning information to share with you guys. And it's changing the way I understand the scripture as well. As I was studying this, I was just, I found this crazy cool thing. So each tribe had its own banner, which it just said, as I just read to you, each each one shall, each company is man his own camp, each man in his own standard or banner. So each tribe had a banner with a symbol on it that they would gather under. And so on the east, you had Judah, and his symbol was a lion. On the south, you had Reuben, and his symbol was a man. On the west, you had Ephraim, and his symbol was an ox. And on the north, you had Dan, and his symbol was an eagle. So each of the tribes surrounded the tabernacle. Three on this side, three on this side, three on this side, three on this side. And the three on the east were led by the tribe of Judah. And he had a banner, and his banner had the face of a lion on his banner. And at the south, you had... Reuben, who was the the head of the three tribes down there, and he had a banner, and on his banner was the face of a man. Then on the west, you had Ephraim, and he was in charge of the three tribes on the west, and he had a banner, and on his banner was the face of an ox. And then on the north, you had Dan, and he was in charge of the three tribes on the north, and his banner was the face of an eagle. Lion, man, ox, eagle. Some of you Bible scholars already know where I'm going, but for those of you who don't, we want to turn in our Bibles. We're going to turn to Ezekiel chapter 1, where we hear about these four faces. So in Ezekiel chapter 1, I'm going to start reading in verse 4. As I looked, behold, a stormy wind came out of the north and a great cloud with brightness around it and fire flashing forth continually. And in the midst of the fire, as it were, gleaming metal. And from the midst of the fire came the likenesses of four living creatures. And this was their appearance. They had a human not likeness, but each had four faces and each of them had four wings. Their legs were straight and the soles of their feet were like the soles of a calf's foot and they sparkled like burnished bronze. Under their wings on the four sides, they had human hands and the four had their faces and their wings thus. Their wings touched one another. Each one of them went straight forward without turning as they went. 
As for the likenesses of their faces, each had a human face. Four had the face of a lion on the right side. The four had the face of an ox on the left side. The four had the face of an eagle. Such were their faces. So Ezekiel is by the Kabar Canal in Babylon, and he's taken into the spirit of God. And he begins to see the, the physical representations of the spiritual lives that are surrounding the throne of heaven. And he begins, and he sees four creatures, and these four creatures each had the face of a man, the face of a lion, the face of an ox, the face of an eagle, the same banners that surround the tabernacle. And if we look again a little bit later in Ezekiel, this is um, <clears throat> this is a story where the glory, it's the, the head of it is chapter 10, the glory of the Lord leaves the temple. Verse one says, then I looked and behold on the expanse that was over the heads of the cherubim, there appeared above them something like a sapphire in appearance, like a throne. So we see the throne of God and the throne of his glory. And it continues in verse 18. Then the glory of the Lord went out from the threshold of the house and stood over the cherubim. And the cherubim lifted up their wings and mounted up from the earth before my eyes as they went out with the wheels beside them. And they stood at the entrance of the east gate of the house of the Lord and the glory of the God of Israel was over them. These were the living creatures that I saw underneath the God of Israel by the Kabar Canal. And I knew that they were cherubim. Each had four faces, each had four wings and under their wings was the likenesses of human hands. And as for likenesses of their faces, they were the same faces whose appearance I had seen by the Kabar Canal. Each one of them went straight forward. So here are the same creatures and they're surrounding the throne of God as the glory of the Lord is leaving the temple. He's removing his presence and these creatures with these likenesses are leaving. Again, I wanna look one more time at another scripture in Revelation chapter four. It's one, chapter four, is, it's one of my favorites. Just the pictures of what's happening. It's like John is being transformed or John is being taken in the spirit to the throne room of heaven. Like this is what, we wanna know what heaven is. This is like he's being transformed or trans. He's being taken, I don't know the word, he's being taken into heaven in a vision. And it says, and after this, I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice, which I heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. And at once I was in the spirit and behold, a throne stood in heaven with one seated on the throne. And he who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian. And around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones and seated on the thrones were 24 elders clothed in white garments with golden crowns on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning and rumbles and peals of thunder. And before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne, there was, as it were, a sea of glass like crystal. And around the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures, full of eyes in front and behind. The first living creature like a lion, 
the second living creature like an ox, the third living creature with the face of a man, and the fourth living creature like an eagle in flight. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within, and day and night they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Way back in the book of Numbers, when God says, I need you to live out in reality, in your life, an example of what my throne room looks like. I need Judah over here as a lion. I need Reuben over here as a man. I need Ephraim over here as an ox. I need Dan over here as an eagle. I need you to be the four living creatures that spin, that separate out around the throne of God that bring glory and honor and praise to the glory of the Lord. There the people of God are surrounding his temple. And then my favorite part about the picture that God gives us is that you've got you know the 12 tribes all around the tabernacle, but then what you you have inside the 12 tribes, there's a buffer. God puts a buffer between the tabernacle and the tribes and it's called the tribe of Levi. Levi is the one who's chosen by God to represent him to the people. And so he's placed them in between his tabernacle and the rest of the tribes. It's a buffer. It says in, uh, back in that passage in Numbers chapter one, the people of Israel shall pitch their tents by their companies, each man in his own camp and each man by his own standard. But the Levites shall camp around the tabernacle of the testimony so that there may be no wrath on the congregation of the people of Israel. No wrath on the congregation of the people of Israel. So the first thing that Levi does is he becomes a buffer. He represents the people to God so that when God is interacting with the people, he's interacting with Levi, the tribe that is to represent the people. And and later on, we may get into what the high priest is wearing and he's got like, the names of the children of Israel on him as he goes in to the, the presence of God so that it brings remembrance of the people. So he represents the people to God. So he, the, the children of Israel are protected from the wrath of God, from the sinfulness through the buffer Levi, which reminds me of like in Hebrews, it talks about, so we have a high priest who was not, sinful, but was remained sinless. He was a perfect high priest. He didn't fail. He didn't give in to temptation, but he understands temptation so he can adequately represent us to God. He goes as that buffer between us and God. And then also it says, so that they are, there shall be no wrath on the congregation of the people of Israel and the Levites shall keep guard over the tabernacle of the testimony. So the Levites are also supposed to protect the tabernacle from the people. They're a buffer. The people can't just come in to the presence of God. Uh, You can't just approach me at any time in any way you choose to. They are a buffer that protects the children of Israel from just coming in. They guard the tabernacle. They represent God to the people. 
They speak the truth of the tabernacle. They represent the holiness of the tabernacle to the rest of the tribes. They are that buffer that teaches, that leads, that guides. And then if we think about that, um, in First Peter, a lot of times we like to reference this, this passage that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Those who are not have now been called as though you are. It's saying that you, we, the, we, the followers of Jesus, are now the buffer that represents God to the nations around us and protects God from the nations. We are that buffer that says, you know what? I have to protect the tabernacle. I have to protect the holiness of God. I have to know it. I have to understand it. I have to guard it so that I can adequately represent it to the nations around me. In the book of Romans, Paul says, you then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? While you preach against stealing, do you steal? You who say that one must not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law, dishonor God by breaking the law. For as it is written, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. This picture of the tabernacle that God sets up way back in Numbers with the, the lion and the man and the ox and the eagle and the glory, it's like this pointing, it's pointing to the heavenly place of God's presence, the glory and the majesty of who God is. And it's got this buffer, the Levites, around it that protects, that protects the rest of the nations. We are that representative we are that buffer as the people of God. And I just, I challenged, I'm challenging myself to say, are the, are the people in my life, when they look at me, is the name of God guarded against or is the name of God blasphemed because of how I live my life? If I am to be the priest to the nations, if I am to represent God to the people in my life that don't have God, am I guarding or am I blaspheming? Do I know enough about His glory and His majesty to adequately represent that the best that I can? in the life that I live? Or am I like in previous podcasts, just pitching my tent up as close to God as I can and doing whatever I want? It's a big picture. And it's a great challenge to those of us who call ourselves followers. We have to guard and represent. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for just, man, how significant your text is and the details. There's so many details. And I thank you for opening my eyes up to just just these new ones and the study that I've studied, God. And I just pray that as we study this together and we work through this and in this community of podcast people, that God, that you would begin to just move your spirit in amazing ways all over the country where people are listening, that you would make us adequate guards 
of your holiness, that we would be representatives of your holiness in such a way that like in Deuteronomy chapter four, it says the nations will say, what righteous laws and decrees and how close is our God to us? We just wanna be the light in the darkness, God. And the best way is for us to just understand who you are. And so I just pray that you'll just keep encouraging us, keep drawing us in and keep helping us be adequate representations. And if there's anything in our lives right now that is causing the nations or the Gentiles to blaspheme who you are, I pray that you'll just put your finger on it, that you would speak to it and that your Holy Spirit would move upon us that as we come closer into your presence, that you would burn away all the filth, all the ugly, all the things that are just blaspheming. I pray that you would just remove that, God, so that we can be a royal priesthood, a holy nation that represents you in truth and accuracy. In your name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to The Whole Testament. We're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so share the show with your friends and family. Be sure to leave a rating and review. We're also now on YouTube, so smash that like button. You can also find all our episodes on our website at theholetestament.com. We'll see you next time.